Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. You know, I had a very interesting morning. You know, there are those mornings where you have that dramatic, maybe it's a dramatic dream, and you know, you just get up and there's this symbolic interpretation of it, right? Or maybe you get up to a vision or something like that. You know, normal things in the kingdom of God. But this one was a little different, and I'll tell you what made it different. And you know, the Lord is interesting. After allowing me to work hours, hours on the sermon, hours, waited for me to finish. I think there was one night I slept at two because of this same sermon. And then in a minute, he speaks one sentence. And you know, the way the Lord speaks, I don't know if you've observed, but he can say one thing. And then that one thing just opens you up. It's like, remember when the Bible says, and Jesus opened up their, 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 they could understand the scriptures. He breathed on them the spirit. He opened their understanding. And then suddenly, 10, 15, 20 scriptures start aligning and they start making sense. By the way, you can't experience that if you're not studying the Bible. Because the Holy Spirit has got a role to remind and to enlighten. It's not the Holy Spirit's role to read the scriptures for you. It's not his role. Where you're seated, then the Holy Spirit starts Genesis 1. No. It doesn't happen like that. By the time we're done with this message, everyone wants to go on their knees, lift their hands, and just praise God. It bothered me. It bothered me, bothered me so much. And so, I'll share it this morning. It's one of those that you sit and ask yourself. <laughs> you check yourself first. And it's still in line with the series we're on while we're dealing with the kingdom. And last week, we looked at how we're aliens from somewhere else. And there's a kingdom we're from. And today, I'll go a bit ahead of myself because I'll tell you a few systems of our kingdom. And then as time goes by, I'll tell you, we'll discuss more about what the Bible says about heaven. Is heaven just like maybe this cloud and then a long line of people are just standing and the whole day they're just saying, Sing hallelujah. But that would be beautiful, even if that was it. But there is more to it than that. Maybe I might say one or two things about hell. There are people who say, no, at least in hell it will be popping now. <laughs> Maybe you mean eyes will be popping out, eh? <laughs> Have you ever heard what Jesus said about hell? Cast that servant, to, cast that servant out of darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You should hear Jesus' words when he talks about it. Where he says, don't fear people here on earth who can kill you once. Fear the guy who can do it home and away. <laughs> deals with you here, then follows you and deals with you there. That's what the Bible actually says. So maybe to add a balance, I'll share with you a little bit on that. But if you keep following the establishment class, we will be doing, one of the topics we'll be doing is the believer's authority. And so would touch a bit on what the Bible wants us to know about the kingdom of darkness. There is what God wants us to know about the kingdom of darkness. But for today, we are looking at a very interesting topic. Now, the kingdom that we are in is a kingdom where, and I will say these points out very frankly and I will show you with the scriptures. There is a thing as status in the kingdom. 
there is such a thing as rank in the kingdom. Now, when I'm talking about rank, I'm not talking in the context of, let's say, church leadership, because those are also acknowledged. But I'm talking in the context of how much heaven regards you. Uh, a friend of mine, um, Pastor Daniel Kaira, had a dream, I think two, three years ago, that absolutely blew our minds away. Because what we used to do is, if I have a vision, we've all had it. If he has a vision, we've all had it. So we'd share a lot of those. Even this message, before coming here to share, we were talking about it just this morning. I was saying, look, God spoke to me and ABC and we were discussing that with him and uh, Pastor Gomezio. But we'll discuss more after service. We'll have a phone call just to talk about it. Now, the dream that he had was very interesting because I have forgotten the situation he had faced on earth, but there was something that had happened. And there was somebody who was about to like, somebody had provoked him highly, I think it was on Facebook, on a status, and said all sorts of things about him. And he was about to just unleash himself. And he decided to ignore it and moved on. And then, in the dream, it's like that moment was being replayed. And then it's like heaven was watching. And the moment he decided to move on, everyone shouted, yeah! Like, they celebrated. Like, it was like <laughs> scoring a goal. It makes you wonder, is everything we celebrate on earth celebrated by heaven? And you see later on when we talk about heaven that it's a very active place. It's a vital place. And it's operating in parallel to the earth. In short, as it stands, can you imagine, as it stands right now, there is somebody in heaven. And they're actually experiencing something. Come on, we are on the earth. We know that it's possible to experience different things at the same time. Do you know as it stands right now, there are people experiencing snow. Well, some of us are saying it's too hot. But a smart man knows no weather. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> no. Can you imagine as it stands right now, just here on earth, people are experiencing different things. For others, it's at night. Others, it's during the day. Similarly, Heaven and earth are actually existing in parallel to each other. You will see that when we go to, when we talk about it later on. And Jesus did promise Peter keys to the kingdom of heaven. And when one uses those keys effectively, heaven and earth can be, what word can I use? can be aligned. He says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And notice the words he begins to use. They speak of alignment because earth and heaven are binding. And even in prayer, he tells us to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can actually align to heaven. We can align to heaven. This series is deep, eh? Those are some of the things we'll be talking about. But today, I, I want to focus a bit more on your status in the kingdom. And I don't mean in the context of being bigger or having authority or dominion over others. Maybe let me share it with you from a scripture. Forever you will be. Sing it. The Lamb upon the throne. Come on, sing it. I gladly bow my knees. Praise God. Mark 9:33. Try to sing it in Bemba. Uh 
Mwana wampanga pa ufumo. My wife taught me <laughs> to live in Fukamina. Something like that, right? No kumi shishimuna. All this. <laughs> so the Bible says, <laughs> and you know, they wanted to do that. So <laughs> then he came to Capernaum, right? And when he was in the house, he asked them, what is it you disputed among yourselves on the road? Jesus' disciples were in a heated argument. He even heard it. Let's go on. But they kept silent, for on the road they are disputed among themselves. Who would be the greatest? It's a question everyone has always had. Who's the greatest? Let's go on. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Wait a minute. He didn't actually say it's wrong to desire to be first. <laughs> Wait. He didn't actually say it is foolish to desire to be great. But then he gives his formula. And he says, if you want to be first, you shall be last of all and servant of all. Let's continue. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst. And when he had taken him into his arms, he said to them, "Uh Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me, whoever receives me, receives not me, but him who sent me. I want to, I want to show us from another rendering. Matthew 18. Somebody say glory to God. Say it one more time. We are building. Give me Matthew 20 actually. And let's read from verse 23. It's a similar rendering. 24. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. Verse 25. But Jesus called and said to them, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. In short, on the earth, status and rank is seen by how many people you can boss around. But Jesus is saying that's not the way it is in the kingdom. Look at the verse. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to be great. Does anyone here want to be great? Nothing wrong with that, but there's a way. Whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. Uh Uh-huh. Let's go on. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Let's go on. For just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. What am I trying to say? The way status is seen in the kingdom of God can be very different from the way it's seen on earth. And in the kingdom of God, there is such a thing as promotion. In the kingdom of God, there is such a thing as rank. In the kingdom of God, there is such a thing as being lifted. Let me continue. In the kingdom of God, there is such a thing as that. And that's why we are in a race, but the Bible tells us how to run that race. Look at 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 26. By the way, we've not even yet started. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air. Uh But I discipline my body. Uh, Let's start earlier. I think verse 24, somewhere there. I want the part that says, he who runs should run. Uh Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. There is a way we must run. And in the kingdom, there is such a thing as being promoted. So I've got a question for you. And it's a question for all of us. It's a question I ask myself today. 
If the Lord Jesus came today, firstly, where are you going? Are you making it to heaven? Or do you have to negotiate? Fine. If we've made it to heaven, the Lord Jesus came today. How is your reward looking? We can have 50 people at the same company, but they may not all get the same salary. How is your reward looking? What will he say to you? What words will he speak to you? How will he feel about how you've lived? How will he feel about your mindset towards the kingdom? What's his view? It's a sobering question, eh? It's a sobering question. And I was thinking about this and today the Lord spoke to me and he said, do you know that in the kingdom of God, he started first because the Lord uses an earthly example sometimes. He said, you know, in a church, especially, he gave me examples of churches like ours. It's very possible that you can feel misplaced. It's very possible that you can begin to feel left behind. And then he tells me it's very similar in the kingdom of God. It's very, it's very, very similar. And I'll show you from the scriptures. Sometimes it's not a feeling. You can actually be left behind. Good thing is that he's given me keys for catching up. But you can actually be left behind. Praise the Lord. So let's go. Psalm 75 verse 6. And by the time we're done today, you would have understood how best you can be promoted in the kingdom of God. Psalm 75 verse 6 and 7. And by the time we're done, I also want us to be aware of God as judge. And I want it from the King James Version. And the Bible tells us from verse 6, please. The Bible tells us that for promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. Uh-huh. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. So God promotes. He can, he can bring one down. He can demote as well. And he can put up another. One of the, one of the things that we see that also challenges me when it comes to these when it comes to this topic another thing that challenges me and I want us to get this because these are the foundations is that sometimes the way things look on earth may not be the way they are seen in heaven sometimes the people we may think are on top on earth may not be seen as on top in heaven and I'll give you an example. There was a time when Saul was the king. And then God sent Samuel to go and anoint David in his place. David was 17. David only took the throne years later. Should have been at the age of 40 or something. But one thing that's interesting is that in all that period, Saul had the throne, but David had the kingdom. That's why, listen... That's why David couldn't defeat Goliath. So that's why Saul couldn't defeat Goliath. Because David was the one who now had the kingdom. He's the one who had been chosen by God. So everyone else was seeing Saul as the king. But God was seeing David as the king. And that's why even in that period of time when David would write Psalms, he would still refer to himself as the king. So sometimes the way things look on earth may not be the way they look in heaven. We can also see from Matthew 12, 42, where we see Jesus inspecting offerings. Jesus used to inspect offerings. Praise God. Should we start that as well? And he was inspecting. And he, he, inspe and he noticed a certain... That's Mark 12, 42. 
he noticed that a certain widow gave two mites. And he compared her offerings to what the rich people were giving. And in heaven, that widow's two mites was more appreciated than what the wealthier people were giving because of the quality they were giving from. Meaning, sometimes we may rank someone as big, let's say because they gave, I'll give an example. Let's say they had to give, we start a building project and they give a 50,000. And we may rank them as so big, not knowing it's nothing to them. It's as, good as it, <laughs> it's as good as something that they can just use up for anything else because the very next day they ordered something worth 100,000. And then another person may work extra shifts just so they can bring a 500 quacha, which they really need. Heaven may see it differently than we may. Ladies and gentlemen, the last thing you want is to be celebrated so highly on earth. Firstly, it would be bad if you missed heaven, if you're celebrated highly on earth, and the most powerful preachers preach and, and give your eulogy. But for us who are not going that route, and are instead waiting for the return, it would be so sad if we celebrated you highly here on earth, and yet in heaven, they don't even consider you among the brothers. It would be so sad. So sad. So here are a few things that I would want us to note. Another example we can give is Lazarus and the rich man. Remember that story? There is a way that Lazarus was seen on earth and the way the rich man was seen on earth. But when they went to where they went, there was a difference in how they were seen. So sometimes the way we see things on earth may be very different. We see it in a dim way. It may be very different from the way it's seen in heaven. Far be it from me that that should be my story. Praise God. So now, I want to tell you a few things that can affect your promotion in the kingdom of God. We'll go into detail. Number one, your forcefulness. Maybe let me use a stronger word. Your violence. And I'm going to show you a scripture that we use a certain way. Matthew 11, verse 12. Your violence when it comes to the kingdom. It says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. Now, why did he say from the days of John the Baptist? Because John came preaching what? Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come. The context of this scripture is not necessarily fighting with the devil. That's not the context. The Amplified helps us with the context. By the way, you can use it to give yourself zeal when it comes to spiritual warfare, but I also want us to understand the context. Okay? You can use it. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with the extra energy. It says, and from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured a violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with the most ardent zeal and, and intense exertion. In short, here's the thing. It's like what, what they're saying is John comes to the door. He opens it and says, repent for the kingdom of heaven. Yeah? The moment he says kingdom of heaven, everyone wants to enter. And so people get violent. Like It's like Remember the example that we learned? Uh, I heard it from, from my pastor. Why he was saying when you, when, you, when you feed animals. Have you ever seen what happens when you feed dogs? <laughs> that one is not for the faint-hearted. Have you ever seen a dog saying, wait, let me go wash my hands and sanitize 
let me get my fork and knife and put like a napkin. And then busy with like a fork and knife when they like a chick. Huh? A dog. Firstly, the moment it sees food, all of you are its enemy. It will grab it and hide even from you who's feeding it. Haven't you noticed? They'll grab it, take it to a side, protect it, and eat. That's what's been described here. Have you ever seen lions eating? All of you watch documentaries like me. The lionesses who go kill. Like a lion is just being lazy. The moment they've killed, you just see it to come. The oscamper, it gets its peace. In the wild, there is a violence that's needed. So now, the violence here, like I said, is not in the context of fighting others. But what Jesus was referring to is that, that zeal where, the, as in the kingdom of heaven has come, and then it's those who are violent, those who grab a hold of it, they grab a hold of it by force. They say, mine, 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 and no one can grab it away from them. Praise God. That's how the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven won't be for you. If you look at the very next part, let's, maybe let's look at the next part. You see the context. 13. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Uh-huh. And if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. To do what? To open the door for the kingdom. He who has ears, let him hear. Unfortunately, some of them did not hear. But blessed are your eyes for they see. And blessed are your ears for they hear. Praise God. So that's the first thing. It's your forcefulness. And here's the thing. Some of us have lost that forcefulness. I was thinking about certain people we led to Christ. I'm telling you, there are some who were shameless when we led them to Christ. But now that forcefulness, it's not there anymore. They don't seem proud of it anymore. It's like if I came here and said, okay, we're dropping a million dollars here. Whoever wants it, you'd be amazed. You just see from the back, Aaron has done a somersault. Wah, wah, wah. The question is, what about you? How forceful are you with it? And the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. And then it says, lay hold of eternal life. Like you grab it and don't let it go. How forceful are you with the kingdom? And have you seen the word there which we love in this ministry? Zeal. That zeal. That forcefulness. It will cause you to be deliberate. So, I hope you have been enlightened further on the violent taking it by force. Let me tell you the second thing that can affect your promotion. So, meaning, at the same time, some are responding to the kingdom with zeal. Some are responding to the kingdom with laziness. The second thing that can influence your promotion in the kingdom is doing the will of God. Whether you do the will of God or not. Can I show you from the scriptures? And you know, it's so easy. All you have to do is read what the scriptures say about the kingdom. Have you noticed whenever Jesus is talking about the kingdom, he would use words such as vineyard, sower, it will be a vineyard. The vineyard is a farm. It will be a sower. It will be a merchant. It, it, it was always something to do with a trade. That shows you that the kingdom of God is not dormant. It's not for idle people. The kingdom of God is always buzzing. That's why it's easy to be left behind. Because the kingdom of God is always buzzing. It's There's always something happening. He always used examples of things that are buzzing. You will see as we go on. Let's look at it. Doing the will of God. Matthew 21, verse 28. Tell me if you see any keyword here. You are free to shout your amens. You are free to tell me when you've got it. Those in the live video can't hear you. They only hear the mic. 
The Bible says, but what do you think? A man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. Do you see that? Does it say go chew today? You, you, you never see scriptures about going to chew on the beach. No, it says go work today in my vineyard. Next verse. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he regretted it and he went. So there are some of us who the moment we received the call from God, the moment God spoke to us, we rejected it. But after some time, we're remorseful. We've repented. And we're now pursuing God fully. Let's look at the next category. Then he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered, I will go, sir. But he did not go. Next. Which of the two did the will of the father? They say to him the first, Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and prostitutes enter the kingdom of God before you. Observe what's being used again, kingdom. Notice that before you, meaning they'll even be of higher rank. Why? Because even if they did wrong at first, they regretted it and went to do right. Then there are others... And then there are others who are doing right by word of mouth. I surrender to you. Every song in their playlist is about surrender. And then as they are lifting their hands, and you know how the presence of God is? The presence of God exposes. You know the presence of God exposes? Isaiah 6, when Isaiah experienced the glory of God, the guy was like, hey, my mouth is unclean lips. In the presence of God, you can tell if there is something off. So as you're lifting, I surrender to you. And he tells you, hey. <laughs> is that an unhealthy habit that needs to go? Then the moment you hear it needs to go, immediately switch the song to he loves me despite everything. <laughs> and then you don't go change it. The Bible says God's goodness should lead men to repentance. So once you get the revelation of him loving you despite your faults, the next key then is to use that love of God to repent. Otherwise, it's incomplete. It is true that he does love us. It says he loved us while we were yet sinners. That's interesting. It says while we were yet sinners, meaning they stopped being sinners. And so they're just acknowledging that he loved them even then. Praise God. So have you observed that? So meaning in the kingdom of God, there are people who were, maybe were not as forceful in the beginning, but then gained momentum. And there are others who responded with zeal, but then lost momentum and didn't do what they said they would do. So the Bible says, even there are certain people who in life have been labored. Perhaps they've even been labored for life. Because everyone knows that big scandal they did or what they or that they did this or that they did that or that they did that. But you can find in heaven they're of higher status because of how they've responded. Can we go on? So it's doing the will of God. Number three, your fruitfulness. The kingdom of God is about profitability. Notice the parables. Most of them are about being profitable. Parable of the talents. What is it about? Being profitable. Says you wicked servant, you wicked and lazy servant. Why he wasn't profitable? John fifteen verse three, and, and and I'll take us to a certain part here. Maybe I'll rest a bit on this one. Is it that I just love that verse too much? Verse two. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that he may bear more fruit. God doesn't like unprofitability. He doesn't like unfruitfulness. Let me show you again from the scriptures. Luke 13. No, let's just, let's just have that one. Luke 13, we'll use it for the next point. Matthew 25 will show us the parable of the talents and you'll see that have you observed when you read the parable of the talents that the one who was profitable was promoted 
The one who was unprofitable was demoted because the little that he had was taken away from him. I sat there thinking to myself, how profitable am I? I was asking, how profitable am I to God? What? How far can he send me? To what extent can he position me to be an answered prayer in a person's life? How many times does he need to speak it for me to be convinced? How profitable is my social media to him? How profitable is my job to him? How profitable is my finances to him? How profitable? How profitable? You know, everything can be used to profit the kingdom. I'll give you an example. Um, from the time from the time I married in December, if you had to check my email, I'm getting so many invites. I don't know. People suddenly believe I'm some relationship expert <laughs> of some sort. <laughs> what will I do? Capitalize. I'm accepting all of them. I'm going to talk at all of them. But you'll notice something very consistent. What I'm preaching here is the same thing I'm preaching there. Praise God. Same thing. So how profitable. How profitable. The kingdom of God is about profitability. How profitable are you to the kingdom? If God needed somebody to stand in the gap today, who would he whisper to? I don't know. I would like to say, who would he whisper to here? And he can whisper to you about anyone. And just say, today fast for that one. Those are some of the things that will show you if you are profitable for him. Or is your relationship with God simply transactional? Is it simply me, 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 me? I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Nothing wrong with offering your supplications before God. But if there's never been intercession, then you're not profitable. You're just simply getting. Praise God. And some of these things that I'm mentioning are things that we may not all be able to see. But God who looks at the heart is able to see. So how profitable are you to the kingdom? How many people have ever come to Christ because of you? It's a genuine question I have. I'd like you to write down, like just estimate how many people you've led to Christ. Directly. That is where. Yeah, the one who's led them in the prayer, Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. Write it down. I'm not seeing you writing. Estimate. I'm not saying disciples. Some you may not even remember their names, but I'm looking for estimates. Who else can I check? I'm the pastor. If Jesus checked the offerings, then I can check how many people have led to Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, are we profitable? I know circumstances may be different. For example, probably in this place, I might outdo everyone because I get to have bigger platforms. Not so. But what about one-on-one? -on -one? What about you just approaching a person? At least how many times have you tried? Whether successful or not. So that you can fulfill scripture and shake the dust off your feet. Maybe let's look at the next category. How many do you think you've led to Christ indirectly? By indirectly, I mean you may not have been the one, you'll, you may not have been the one who led them to Christ, but maybe you brought them to church or you brought them to a conference or they just simply got attracted to your flyer and they came for your service. How many? How many can you estimate in your mind? How many do you think? Can I see the name? How many? Praise God. How many people have you stood with in prayer? Whether they know it or not. But you've just been standing in prayer for maybe things to change in their lives or things to improve or just praying for them. And then from those, how many are not your family members and your best friend? This message is good, eh? It's sobering. Trust me, even me, I'm getting touched. <laughs> Let's continue. The other thing that determines promotion in the kingdom 
is, this is interesting. The gate with which you enter, you'll see as we go on. Luke 13, verse 26. There are just certain scriptures, especially things that Jesus taught, that we need to go back and look at them. Because now that we've got the Holy Spirit, we can even get further insight. The Bible says, then you begin to say, go to verse 25. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us, he will answer and say to you, I do not know you, where are you from? Next verse. As if you're not saved today. <laughs> then you begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence. Hey? And you taught in our streets. You taught someone such as, take heed what you hear. Next verse. But he will say to you, I tell you, I do not know you or where you're from. And you tell them, depart from me all your workers of iniquity. But look at the next verse. It says, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves are thrust out. By the way, let's wait here. There's just something I need to caution us here. I just need to caution us of something. The fact that you're a member of the city of the Lord Church is not a guarantee that you're born again. You may fill in a form you may join a department, but unless you confess Jesus as Lord, you know what will happen? <laughs> You'll be saying, we used to sing together with that one. Like you're trying to end. <sighs> we used to sing together. And then, where there's Abraham there, you might find yourself singing. It even says, what will hurt you the most here? What hurts them is the people they see there. You'll be touched. I'm telling you, you would be so, it would be so amazing if you got an, an opportunity to be in services like this one, to hear sermons like this one, and you've not given your life to Christ. And then you'll be seeing, I mean, Frederick, who, who, who else's name should I mention? <laughs> huh? And then you'll be seeing them, like, ah, you were dancing partners. You we ushered together. But then one person had confessed Jesus as Lord. The other one just liked the idea of a savior. And you know, Jesus being Lord means his master. And you follow him. Not you live life by your own rules. But just like Jesus. No, that's not Christianity. Look at this. In verse 29, it goes on to say, they will come from the east, west, north, south, and sit down in the kingdom. And indeed, there are last who will be first, and there are first who will be last. There are some ranks that will switch when that time comes. The Bible tells us, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. You know what that means? Living life with too many options, too many philosophies. Choose a narrow path where it's Jesus only. It's only his way. Don't have too many options. The thing about the wide gate is that you can even have Jesus as part of your options. But you've just, it's like you're living a life that's it's influenced by too many things. There's like a part of you that's influenced by Beyonce. And another part that's influenced by the book of Psalms. Then another part that's influenced by horoscopes. And another part that's influenced. Too many. Op it's too wide. I told you it was sobering. Eh? And I must mention to you, ladies and gentlemen, that certain things that can go wrong for those who are already in the kingdom. And please let me mention. Eh? Number one, failure to handle a change in status. I've told you the things that can judge profitability. But some things directly that can go wrong is failure to handle a status, especially riches, especially wealth. 
especially a financial upgrade. And haven't you seen this, uh, Matthew 19, verse 23? Haven't you seen people saying, we started together. Now that this person has money, they can't do this, this, this. People start mistreating their wives. They mistreat their children. They mistreat their friends. They mistreat everybody. Don't do that. They mistreat the church. I, I, imagine this. I, I know this because I'm a pastor. You find before someone had a job, they could give a partnership of 50 kwacha and they were really sacrificing. They get a job and they are still giving a partnership of 50 kwacha, sometimes 40. Do you know we've got the right to rebuke you? <laughs> and say, what? What's this? No, no, honestly speaking, God will look at such things. Are you aware of that? God will actually look at such things. How people, and riches is one of the, maybe that's why a lot of early gospel preachers used to preach against it. They just wanted the whole church to be poor. <laughs> because if not handled well, that thing, that thing is so big that the initial context of God saying you can't serve two masters was not even God and the devil. It was God and money. That's how big that thing can be. It's a very bad master, but a good servant. You have to overpower it. Because once it becomes your master, it tells you what to do. That one. The Bible says it's the root of all evil. Think about it. I have led people to Christ who've been very, I'll tell you frankly, I've led people to Christ, I've watched interviews, you know me, I love research. I've led people to Christ who've been very active in vices. I'll give an example of prostitution. Initially, they will say, I did it because I had no money, it was, it was the only way I could survive. You know how you can tell that there's a problem there. How come after they did it three, four times and made enough money, why didn't they go start a business? Yeah. They got used to fast money. And you find somebody becomes wealthy and they're still doing it. Imagine that. How you handle a change in status. Uh, we've seen a number of you, some of you, your status has changed. You used to be in grade nine, but you've passed. You're yeah, now in grade 10. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen there are some of you who've just were seeing, were able to tell. Some of you have graduated. You're graduates now. You'll be graduating, right? Wonderful. And just generally, we can see people moving up the ladder and all that kind of stuff. They did not change you. As a matter of fact, when you increase in status, you must be even more profitable to the kingdom because you should have more resources for God to send you. In short, if God could send you to uh, an example, Chipata compound, and say, go preach there. Once you've increased financially, it should be easier because he can now say, go to Livingston, and you won't ask him about a bus fare. It should be easier. How do you handle a change in status? There are people who've walked into this church. And the reason they've refused to settle is they've said there are too many young people there. Ignoring something so beautiful that they could have had. Let me tell you the trouble with that. Is it the edge that can make them uncomfortable? Or maybe is it the zeal? Because when people walk into a ministry and they see everyone jumping, hey, we love you, Lord. Who told you zeal is for the young? The Bible says never lagging in zeal. Never. And the Apostle Paul proved it. When he was of old age, he still said that I may know him. He still had that desire just to know the Lord. I'm like, what? 
Man, you've written three quarters of the New Testament and you still just want to know the Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, his zeal even seemed more pure. Edging with perfection. I don't know if somebody is getting my point. What I'm trying to say is don't let a change of status affect you when it comes to your zeal in the kingdom. Where you become one of those who becomes a we used to. Even us, we used to. Even as we started, the trouble with being a used to person is that you'll find everything worthy of criticism. You'll always say you did it better. Why aren't you doing it now? God will use those who are available. I don't know if somebody is getting my point. Don't become a used to person. If perhaps you had more time than you, ha- than you have now, do something else to cover for it. If a person is blind, doesn't their hearing get better? So if one area you're not able to do it the way you could last time, maybe last time you used to come, you're the one who used to sweep the entire church by the mops. I don't know if somebody's getting... Find a way to still be part. Don't let ministry happen without you. It's a sad sight to start together. I'm saying this also as a pastor. It's a sad sight to start together. And along the way, you can tell this one is behind. And then those who just came yesterday. It's a sad sight. It's a sad sight. Listen, I'm not saying that you should be offended if people just come and they are doing well. No. What I'm trying to say is, let them never outzeal you. And sometimes those are the people who even discourage people about the ministry. Somebody has come. They are so in love with the ministry. They just want to serve the Lord. <laughs> but be careful. That dick one. Yeah. So two years ago, we had an argument. After now, we've never talked. You, yeah, those are the kind of... That, that's what they become. That's all that's there. Because there's nothing in them. Nothing. No profitability for the kingdom of God. No profitability. What do you think God thinks when he looks? The same God who said it's better, don't lead any of my little ones astray. It is better for them to have a, for you to have a mouse stone tied around your neck and you're thrown into the sea. Just observe that. If you're not profitable, you easily become a critic. And if you're not profitable, you know what happens? You find your master to be wicked. How do we know? That, third, that servant, the third one, The first two, what do you think they thought of the master? The same master who could give them 10 cities for producing 10 coins. They thought this is the most generous man. The third one, what did he think? He was like, I knew you're a hard man. You reap where you don't sow. (laughs) There are different perspectives of the same person because of how profitable they were being to the kingdom of God. (laughs) Listen, if... All you do when making your resolutions is think of me, 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 me. And you never think of the kingdom. There's trouble. Now, I, I, I told you riches can be, a tr- can be trouble. Matthew 19, verse 23. Jesus explains it. You know, sometimes we better go to the same scriptures that... Uh, there are certain scriptures that we don't... Is somebody noticing that some of these scriptures, we rarely read them? Don't you think we should become brave enough to start reading what Jesus actually said? And in light of the Holy Ghost, seeing what he meant, because it is profitable. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for reproof. It's profitable for correction. It's profitable for all those things. Wouldn't you want us to go into the scriptures and see what did Jesus mean when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit? Wouldn't you want us to see, I, I mean, why should we skip that one and only go to blessed are the pure in heart? Wouldn't you want us to see what he meant by blessed are those who mourn? Wouldn't you want us to go deeper and see what he meant when he said, if you're slapped on one cheek, give the other one? Why, why, why has everyone gone quiet on that one? <laughs> I love the teachings of Jesus. You know, if there's one teaching that I love, I realize many people don't seem to see it in the Bible. It's when he said, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. You know, actually, Jesus gave us permission to say no if we don't want. (laughs) Many people have gotten themselves in serious trouble because they just can't say no. 
Anyways, that's a teaching for another. Can you imagine how much we have to delve in? If everyone can just pay attention, we can go into a lot. So let's, 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 yes, let's look at it. Let's not be skipping it. Let's not say it's not, let's look at it. Then Jesus said to his disciples, his disciples, he wasn't saying to the pagans, he said to his disciples, <laughs> assuredly I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Of course, like you, I also thought it meant like that needle, like when, when knitting. I was wondering, can a camel enter an eye of a needle? <laughs> but actually, uh, if you do your research, you'll find that the eye of a needle is a gate. Now, I want you to imagine the gate is this height. And then I'm on a camel, and the camel is tall. So I'm on a camel, and the camel is tall, and I'm seated on the hump, and the gate is that height. The only way for me to enter is to lower myself. So what do you see there? Humility. So what's the challenge there? It's humility. Look at the next verse. Now, in case you're wondering whether that means you should, you should now prefer to be poor, the next verse again will challenge your mind. Because if the disciples were poor, and if all they wanted was poverty, they would have said, yes! And every time they see a rich man, they would have been answering, but then, look at the answer. Now, look, when the disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished. And they said, who then can be saved? That shows you that that scripture is not encouraging you to be broke. Notice they're like, hey, who then can be saved? The next verse. Hey! He said, see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Let's go on. And then Jesus begins to explain to them what they'll have. But I want us to see it from another rendering. Is somebody ready? I've just realized the time. I may need to end on this one. Jesus begins to explain to them that there is no one who's left anything. You skipped. Yes. Let's go back to verse 25. I knew something was off. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? Next verse. Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. Meaning, rich men in the kingdom of heaven. But with God, ha, all things are possible. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I hope that brings some relief for those who have, for those who've got plans <laughs> of being multi-millionaires. <laughs> are you relieved? <laughs> And then, you know, Peter explains how they left everything to follow him. And then he responded that there's no one who will leave anything who won't receive a hundredfold in this world and in the world to come. So, meaning there is, and then he, that's when he also says again, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. So, maybe I continue from here next week. Because there is another point which will take me 20, 25 minutes. It has to do with how you handle a situation when you're new and how you handle a situation when you've been there for a while. There is a way you can approach things of the kingdom when you've been there for a while that can make you unprofitable. And then again, there's also a way you can approach things of the kingdom when you're new that can make you unprofitable. But there's a way you can approach it where you've been there for a while and you're still profitable or you're new and you're still profitable. Would you like us to go into that in the coming weeks? Is somebody being blessed? Hmm. I'm challenged. You know, I was asking myself earlier, saying, with all humility, you can find there are ministers that we celebrate on earth, in heaven. There's some 15-year-old somewhere who God sees of higher status because that 15-year-old, he can tell him, do this, and he does it. Doesn't care about his reputation. 
And it must be a thing. I remember I, I received a visit this week. Eh? And the person who visited me were together in Sunday school. So the person told me that God had spoken to him to visit me for a while, but he was afraid. He said, he asked himself saying, why would he even want to see me? I mean, he's now got all these degrees and I haven't even managed to pass my grade 12. Is there any reason he would want to see me? And so he was surprised that he called and we said, sure, come. And I was humbled. Let me tell you why. Because that thought pattern he had, we may say insecurity, but maybe it came from somewhere. Maybe people have had an experience before where change of status means you can't minister to certain people anymore, you can only minister to others. If you're only profitable to those of a certain level and you're not profitable to those of another level, check yourself. <laughs> Praise God. And if only you knew how the higher God raises you, even let's say in society status, the more an act from you may even touch people's hearts more. Because they'll be like, if that one can do this. So sometimes for me, what I do just to keep myself in check on purpose, I just go talk to babies and kids. I'm telling you, have you ever tried that? They are so genuine. I'm thinking, like when a kid is really shouting for you, and like, Apostle, you know the 100% mean it. As I ask myself, do I mean the same when I'm telling someone I'm happy to see you? Guys, mm. kids are genuine. <laughs> Anyways, let me not continue. We can make the whole church apply to be Sunday school teachers. <laughs> Genuineness, that humility. But may we always treasure these things. May there never be a time when I hear anyone preaching the gospel and I treat it with contempt. Be very careful. I would like to make a request for anyone in this place who's at risk of just seeing others in the kingdom but they've not entered. If you are saved, it's very easy to know. Number one, salvation is very traceable. You can trace it to a particular period of time. You may not remember the date, like I don't remember the date, but you can trace, I, I know the year, for example. You can trace it to a particular period of time and from that period of time you can be able to tell that your devotion to God something has increased because you confessed him as Lord. And apart from that there's a huge reduction if not elimination of sin. You can tell. And bigger than that you've got the witness of the Holy Spirit. When I'm talking like this there are others who the Holy Spirit is telling them you're saved, you're saved and they're just thinking thank God I'm born again. There are others who are thinking, mm, this could be me, this could be me. If you're thinking that way, there could be a high chance you may not be saved. Because the Bible says if you hear his voice, don't resist. As in the day of... It says don't harden your heart. Meaning you can actually make your heart hard. Well, you know God is saying, now is the time, now is the time. And they're thinking, ah, but I have to give up, ah, then I have to give up, ah, not today. And yet the only day God has set for your salvation is called today. It's not tomorrow, it's today. The kingdom of God is not something to be taken lightly. It's not something that we should have to convince you. Sometimes I sit and I think, you know, there are times I'm making phone calls to people and I'm trying to turn maybe their hearts back because they've gone astray. I'm thinking I can be looking foolish now, but how is God seeing it? God will look and say, they will come before him and he will say, I don't know you. But God, why didn't you give me another chance? They say, but you are Frederick. You are Joseph leader. You are that one. They all told you what I was saying, but you didn't pay attention. 
What if this is the last sermon you ever hear? What if Jesus comes back in the next minute? If you study even just from science, the world is predicting that things can't go on for too long. If it's not an asteroid they're predicting, then it's this, then it's that, then it's that. Trust me, I watch all the documentaries. It's time. It's time. And remember, it doesn't matter where you've been. The good news is that the kingdom of God is spread by words. And the word of God is near you. It's not far. It's near you. It's in your mouth and your heart. This very word that we have just preached. And if you want to respond to this word by confessing Jesus as your Lord and joining the kingdom, I want you to raise your hand quickly. I can tell you've responded. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as Lord from this day. Part of the kingdom. I want everyone else to pray. Remain here for now. been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.